Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. This is a quick interlude uh, before we get into the actual podcast in which I recorded with Max Bailey, who is our Exec Director for Tech Advisory, Kaylee Gaynor, who works in Max's team and is our super smashing um, HR uh, Tech Advisory Senior Manager, and also Aaron Albury, who is co-founder at LACE. Uh, it's me, Chris from Lace Partners, if you don't already know that by now. Uh, and I had a bit of a technical malfunction at the beginning of recording the podcast. So I decided that I really didn't want to sound like a Dalek and I'd do a quick pre-recording just to give you a bit of a heads up before we get into the actual show itself. So uh, Max, Aaron and Kaylee talked about the recent blog that they'd written, which was about uh, best of breed versus enterprise tech. And what really is the questions that you as a HR team should be asking yourselves if you're deciding, do I go down that route of a more vertical solutions, you know, best of breed, the smaller scale um, HR tech, and what are the benefits of that versus some of the larger scale enterprise platforms, you know, the likes of the Workdays, the Oracles, um, Ceridians or success factors. So really hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, apologies for my terrible sound at points during the uh, session, but I'm not the one that you're here to listen to. It's the wonderful peeps uh, who are from our tech, tech advisory practice. And so I'm going to let them take over and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Catch you soon. Max, hello, welcome. Hi there, Chris. Hi there, Chris. So the, so the reason the reason behind the blog, so the reason we, we thought it was an interesting topic to cover um, is frankly, there's been, a, there's been a lot of debate, if, as long as I've been in the industry, between best of breed or vertical solutions and enterprise solutions. You know, which is the right approach to take, rent and assemble, end-to-end -end platform, um, many, many different dimensions. And the, the, the key thing is I think there isn't a clean answer between the two. And actually, there's certain, certain circumstances when vertical solutions are exactly what you need. In other cases, we're actually looking at an enterprise platform and an integrated data architecture and set of processes processes is the right answer for, for an organization. And the thing that, that sort of distinguishes them for me is very much the, the strategy that you're putting together around your HR technology landscape. If you want to be looking at end-to-end -end integrated processes, if you want to be looking at consistent employee experience, if you want to be looking at minimizing the, the number of integrations that you're putting into your landscape, and that you need to maintain over time and to sequence the, the releases between multiple products and you want to minimize that complexity, then actually there's a very logical argument of why an enterprise platform will, over the longer term, actually cost you a lot less than multiple best of breed or vertical solutions. What it does mean, though, up front is that, you, is that you're probably going to need to spend more on implementing it and potentially more on buying it than some of the vertical solutions cost. So really it's about the timing and the life cycle that the client is at or that, that you're at and you're thinking and whether you are at a stage where you want to create an end-to-end -end vision and roadmap for your HR technology or whether you're going to be focusing more on 
solving a point problem at a particular point in time. Brilliant. And we've also got Aaron and Kaylee who are joining us from the Lace Paris. So Aaron, just general thoughts, just building on what Max was talking about there. Hi, Chris. Hi, everyone. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really interesting fact. We've been debating this back once before. I remember, Max, back in the day, you and I first met on some old Accenture projects going through best of breed decisions around what we'd put around the, the core systems of PeopleSoft at the time. As it was, and just trying to work out how they're all fit. So it's been it's been around for a long time. This debate, and and I guess there is no there is no right or wrong answer. There is the answer that fits you best. But over time, clearly the uh, enterprise solutions are growing in their functionality and getting stronger. So I think it's heading that direction. I think the thing I'd really want to bring out in this discussion, I think we we brought out in the blog as well. I hope is that. Um, the business outcomes drive a lot of this. You know, in terms of what you want to differentiate on. Where's, where's your big differentiation in your say in your the way you manage talent? How do you bring them together? Because I guess the the key thing being that you know some of that differentiation, although it does exist in the enterprise type platforms, doesn't necessarily definitely does exist in the best of breed. And you may want to invest for the short term to differentiate in that space. So I think that plays a part in it as well. And and Aaron, it's interesting you mentioned that project i remember it well without to i do have to dust off the memory banks a little bit to get back to it so to speak but um the interesting thing is when we when we were looking at the best of breed or vertical solutions that we put around around the side of i think it was PeopleSoft at the time you know the core hr and the payroll modules at the time those those modules or those additional products were very much leading edge or we were looking at customers mm-hmm. some of them over yeah. the next five years products came onto the market that were more mature and what we saw from probably the mid-2000s onwards was the, the larger providers, particularly Oracle, going on a bit of an um, acquisition spree where they would buy up those vertical solutions or those differentiated best-of-breed providers and over time, not necessarily immediately, but over time incorporate that functionality mm-hmm. into their core product. So you see a trend, if you look over, over the years, of the, the maturity of the enterprise solution growing and becoming more mature and complete with regard to what would have once been vertical solutions. And I'm thinking of one, one example, a couple of examples in particular, where, you know, Verve was completely a cloud product back in the mid-2000s. We implemented it on a number of number of projects. And um, that was then acquired by Taleo, which was, of course, cloud. And then that was acquired by Oracle and has now eventually become the new Oracle recruiting cloud. But it's the, you can see how over time that functionality was slowly incorporated by some of the tier one providers into their core product. And you can see the same, exactly the same trajectory, if you will, from Softscape to success factors and then into you know the, the latest success factors offering from um, SAP. From what you were just saying there, Max, about where you had the providers, the larger enterprise solutions often snaffling up some of these smaller businesses, I guess in my head, the, the question that I've got which any of you guys can answer, really. Happy to bring bring you on board. And uh, Kaylee um, Gaynor, who's uh, part of our HR tech team, has joined us as well. I guess my question is, why would somebody look at one of the smaller best-of-breed platforms if you've just got some of the larger providers that are buying in a lot of the tech or, or acquiring some of these businesses anyway? So I think, Chris, it's about timing. So it take it takes the, the larger providers years to replicate or through acquisition bring that functionality into their core platforms so it's about the timing if you if you have decided for your business that there is a 
particularly differentiated offering that's not available inside the core solutions, then actually now might be the perfect time to you, for you to do that. When, on the other hand, if you put a different lens on it, you've currently got, whilst it might be aging, um, you've got a reasonably integrated platform. Would you disaggregate that? Sorry, my language is failing me. But would you disaggregate an integrated platform to replace it with a with a set of ver vertic vertical solutions and and make your your landscape more complicated? I'd probably think not. Kaylee, what do you what do you think, Kaylee? Yeah, I mean, there's always some vertical technologies that I feel have been outside of the platform space. So, so ticketing tools are quite a good example, actually, because it's only in the last sort of two to three years that the um, enterprise platforms have really grasped that functionality for HR departments, because actually it's always been a vertical technology that most organizations have invested in because they need that core functionality to manage demand and the metrics and performance measures around the HR team. So yeah, and I think that's probably a really good example to show where there's sort of some functionality that's just stayed in the vertical technology space. But actually, now the enterprise platforms have caught up and there are some really good functionalities available now in the end-to-end -end solutions, but that's only been more recently. Yeah, and I'm thinking using that exact example, um, Kaylee, the, the latest offering from Oracle and from SAP fully, you know, tailored specifically for HR, tailored specifically for HR contact centers and fully integrated into the core product is really quite powerful. And, and you know, before you race off to pick one of the independent verticals, be that, you know, a service now or a sales force, you'd want to also look at the possibility of just using the um, the product from, from, you know, one of the tier one vendors. I guess the other question as well, of course, which is always a good overlay, is whether there is a, a corporate standard for ticketing tools or whether HR is allowed to, to go its own way. Yeah. Uh, again, I think it's um, it's all evolutionary. And, and certainly, the, as you say, the core core functionality is catching up. You're going to end up with that, that core on an enterprise or a tier two element, and then you're going to end up parts of your talent. So things like digital coaching, well-being, selection and assessment, gamified areas that are quite differential to your talent experience and how people experience entering your organization or being managed in your organization those elements are still just on the outside but i think we were talking about this just the other day max i can see you know the the next wave of expansion of the enterprise uh, systems to get into that you know as, as as work they've done with their you know talent pathing and career pathing elements of their of their offering starting to look at you know we hold talent data and we understand where people are going over time longitudinally. How do we, you know, we can really differentiate someone's career path experience if we tie that to learning, we tie that to performance and bring that into the enterprise properly. Um, so I can only imagine that that will continue to increase. And I guess that will mean a, a, a consolidation of the market even further for those, those more vertical solutions. Yeah, no, I, and I guess as well, Aaron, what, what we'll also see though is, you know, in the way of all, um, innovation is there'll be new vertical solutions over time that you know we we can only imagine today as the more mature vertical solutions get absorbed into sort of the end-to-end -end platforms or at least their functionality is replicated into those end-to-end -end platforms even if the companies aren't acquired and and for me I think it's all about the you know, we talk a lot about creating a consistent data architecture but what we really mean is about creating that golden master of data 
for a single version, single view of the employee of the colleague, so that you can you can then maintain that data in a consistent application versus having to go to 20 places to stitch together in spreadsheets, as the, as the cottage industry often happens. But going to a single location for your data rather than having to go to half a dozen to get that golden master of the employee view. Yeah. I just wanted to touch on something from the uh, the blog, actually, Max. And again, Aaron and Kaylee, please feel free to uh, to have your two cents worth, uh, if you like. And that's towards the end of the blog where you talk about employee experience being the new secret source. I don't know if you can just elaborate on your thoughts around that, Max, a little bit. Yeah, sure. So what what, what we were talking to there was really about, um, you know, particularly in the time of COVID as we as we currently exist, although we are seeing some some thawing on the horizon, or maybe it's a light at the end of the tunnel. But it, it's about making sure that your HR systems are as easy to use as possible for your employees, that those moments that matter, you know, particularly when folks are interacting with the systems remotely, they don't have colleagues that they're sitting beside to lean on and to ask questions, but that, that digital in employee experience is as smooth and as simple and as integrated and straightforward as possible. So that, that's one of the dimensions. The other dimension is about getting the data into an integrated set so you can better fully understand or better understand rather your, your workforce. A number of the clients we've been speaking to um, put a lot of effort in during you know, the first six to 12 months of COVID trying to get a clean golden source, if you will, of their, of their employee data. And of course, if you push ownership of data to where it belongs, i.e. the employee permit, for, for a lot of the data and the line manager to, to other components of the data, their, the ease with which they can use the systems and update the data and the experience they get becomes a very important pull, if you will, rather than the, you know, having to use the, the track and chase approach to get your data into a better place. One of the things, Max, that we talked about as well in the, I think, in discussions has been the, the operating support overhead for a mixed environment and what does that mean and sort of managing multiple upgrades, multiple functional up releases and how you get those and how you support across multiple platforms. I'm, I, I'd like your view, but I'd love to get Kaylee's view as well, because I think Kaylee, you've been, you were managing prior to coming to Lace, right? You were managing that environment. So you know, what can I can imagine the headaches that gave you. I was, yes. And um, it's a good point because the skill set required to do that as well across multiple technologies is something you need to really consider because it's, you know, if you're managing configuration, you know, upgrades, but also the integrations, for example, actually it's quite a different skill sets. You need to work really close to HR and IT, bring them together to be really clear on the scope between the two functions and how the different technologies would link into the wider organization as well with various different setups because um, you're providing a, a service from HR, whereas IT might be providing a service for single sign-on, for example. And all of that needs to talk to each other from a customer point of view if your employees have got issues with logging on, for example. So actually, it's really important to get that support model skills and teams working really well together to manage that day-to-day, -day, I guess, issues, integrations, data flows, et cetera, all of that together. It's really important to have that, um, you know, working really seamlessly. Yeah, and I guess I guess another, another part of it is that, you know, when you do your forward-looking plan, Kaylee, is if you've got 
all of your cloud, if you will, or all of your, your HR applications with one cloud provider, it's more likely that you're going to be on a on a consistent, harmonized cycle for the various components to have their cloud releases. If you yeah. Five different cloud providers and maybe some integration pieces in between, all with different providers on separate release schedules. Simply managing and sequencing the activity across those products um, becomes, frankly, becomes a bit of a nightmare. I think. Not not least the level of regression testing you've got to do every time one of them releases something, right? Across yeah. The, <laughs> across your landscape. I love it when you talk a, a bit of good regression testing. Huh? <laughs> I know. I'm not going to say it's a skill, but I, 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 and I think that's one of the reasons why you know clearly people pursue a single code block. It's why people are you know, providers are always making such a point about this, the benefit of it. Unfortunately, I think there's still you know my conclusion after all of this is the gaps close significantly on what the enterprise products can now deliver to 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 most clients, but where you really want to differentiate some of the experiential elements you're still going to have to look at bolting things in and, and i suppose one of the one of the things that might get easier over the next releases will be more and more of those kind of marketplace type products like salesforce has got where some of the thing some of those elements as they do now in some of the some of the tools right become pre-configured to bolt in and they're, they're um, if you like certified to work with one of the providers uh, and therefore you can get those extras, even if it's from a third, from another party, it's an, it's an extra that's already pre-configured and used to working with an SAP Oracle or Workday, for example. Jids and uh, Kaylee, I uh, I wanted to do a quick round table, if you like, or, or, or a round piece on, on some of the challenges that we come across and some of the questions that we would be asking our clients as well. Because I think you've you've all raised some really interesting points today. But one of the things I, I like to think that we could leave our our listeners with today is maybe just some challenge questions more, more than anything else. So we'll start with Kaylee because it's ladies first. So Kaylee, from your perspective, in terms of advice that we would give to clients or companies that are looking at, you know, do I go down the vertical solutions route or do I go down the uh, the enterprise solutions route? Is there any questions that you can think of that you would say, right, before you do anything else, think about this? I would definitely say to think about and understand the current setup um, and their enterprise infrastructure because there are often technologies already within the organization that can be utilized further out in HR. So definitely bring that up to think about first of all. And also just what the key drivers are. For example, in the current situation where we've got people working remotely more, is there a drive for self-service? So automation around processes that typically would then steer in a different direction around, you know, where you've got pain points and where you might want to automate certain processes, which might steer the conversation to either vertical technology, depending what it is, or to an end-to-end platform. Yeah. And Max, from your perspective. I think, Chris, the key question I would ask the client is if they have a holistic view of what they want to do with their HR technology over the next five to 10 years. Realistically, when people invest in a new cloud platform, if it's fully integrated into their into you know their broader estate versus a standalone island, it's likely that they're going to have invested significantly in it to get there. And it's likely that it'll be their platform for the next five, if not 10 years. So when they're mm-hmm. thinking about do I go out and look at a vertical or do I go out and look at enterprise? One of the things I'd be asking them is, do you have an overall view across all the different components of HR? And by HR, I mean, you know, from the broadest upfront talent acquisition, you know, through to payroll, offboarding and alumni and everything in between. Have you got a holistic view across that set of 
business processes or areas and, and COEs of the technology that you want for the future. And off the back of that thinking, I'd then start to drill down in combination with the with the um, where you are today as to which areas might lend themselves to a vertical solution in the near term, but over time um, would, would gravitate with more and more into what you might call a golden master or an end-to-end platform. And Aaron, just uh, just as we uh, as we wrap up today's podcast, any sort of final questions or challenge points that you'd put to, to people that come to talk to us? Uh, I think there's a, there's a couple around really clarifying what the business outcomes are, what's the experience you're trying to deliver, and, and therefore able to answer some of the questions. Max was just making the point about that would be one set. I guess, though, if I was pushed, I'd just say there's one thing I'd, I'd say to people to think about, because I think for the reality, most will end up in some form of blended environment for a while, is, is to think through that ongoing support mechanism. What does that look like? Because whether you buy one cloud system or 10 cloud systems, you end up in a position of ongoing change that you've got to put into the, into the environment. Uh, and time and time again, I think we see that that is um, underestimated in terms of the level of effort it requires to keep up to date with the product sets as they're released, not just from a technical perspective, but from a business change. And I think if you're going you're gonna to spend any time thinking about what your solution looks like from a technical perspective, you also need to think about it from a support perspective as well. Well, that's uh, pretty much all we've got time for today. So thank you very, very much to to Max for giving us some insight on, on the blog that was written and to Aaron as well and Kaylee too. So thank you very much, Max. You're welcome, Chris. Great pleasure. And uh, good to talk to you as always, Aaron. Thanks, Chris. And lovely to have you on for your podcast debut, Kaylee, but I'm sure we'll get you <laughs> on for many you. more as well. Excellent. Um, you can you can find this podcast via iTunes. Uh, you can search for it as HR on the Offensive. We're also on Spotify and we're on SoundCloud as well. You can find us on TuneIn, which is your Alexa device, and we're on Stitcher too. So wherever you get your podcasts, we can normally be found. Um, thank you very, very much for listening. We'll be back again next Thursday with another podcast. But from me and the rest of the team, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Bye.